You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. guys huh yeah do your own taxes i do i do i do my own taxes and and mine are actually fairly complex because i've been a independent contractor for a while so i've had to like write things off and do all that kind of stuff but yeah do my own taxes with a tax service which i believe has been linked with the move to potentially come in as a sponsor but i won't give them the the credit until they do actually come in wow how responsible of you i feel like you like going through the whole process of doing your taxes I'm actually, believe it or not, despite my reputation as uh, being very kind of buttoned up, I actually mm. am terrible at admin. As a matter of fact, I recently had to do a court date because I got a, a, a ticket. I was pulled over for having my registration overdue because, again, I'm terrible at admin. Mm. And so while I was pulled over for my registration being overdue, I also got a ticket because the frame around my license plate is too big. Wow. It's the frame that... It's it, it's Bad the boy. frame that uh, that that the dealership gave me. Mm-hmm. However, I was it was still flagged for being too big, so I got two tickets. You can get a ticket for your your frame being well, too if it, big if it's covering. Yeah, something. if it covers the registration. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Did you argue with the cop like this was given to me? I didn't. Yeah, this I, I one. saw. I I kind of gave off surprise like really, yeah. but I don't argue with cops. I I, I just don't want to get into it. Hmm. So anyway, the people versus Chris Whittingham. Yeah, yeah. Caso cerrado. So anyway, where were we for this? Why didn't you have us as like character witnesses or something? Yeah. I actually I on one of my off days is when I did this. So here's what happens. So <laughs> I get two tickets, and I thought I paid them. Uh oh. It turns out I only paid one of them. Bad at admin. So I get a mm-hmm. notice Classic. saying, you got to show up for court Uh-oh. on X day at X time. They gave me a Zoom link. So I'm ready to go. I put on a shirt. Oh, Zoom court. Zoom court. Wow, Zort. Zort. Yeah. So, so you put on a shirt, so you were going to go so, without yeah, a shirt? No, 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 no. I put on like a button-down shirt. Like oh, I, I was gotcha. going to look nice. And pants? What was the deal? Well, it was, it was on What if they Zoom, asked you to really stand? Yeah, to. what if you had to stand and raise yeah. your right hand? Yeah. Ooh. You were under oath. I mean, you, yeah, I was true. under oath. Yeah. You know what? I, I erred in wearing basketball shorts that morning. That would have been bad. So I put so so I show up for the Zoom, the bailiff greets me. He's like, Judge, we'll see you in a moment. I'm like, here we go. And here's I shit you not, this is how the exchange went. The guy goes, So it says here, have a ticket. Have you updated your registration? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, take your word for it. A ticket dismissed. Wow. And that was it. And I like the, love the, that. Like they, they disconnected I me don't. from the Zoom in twenty seconds. I don't Two Americas. That. La Doctora Polo would not put up with that. No, she wouldn't, Mm-mm. but this is why it's the the people's court and not her court. Yeah. So I got out of the I got out of the ticket out of purely being terrible at admin. Hmm. And did you end up paying it? No. No. What? I, I, I didn't have to pay the ticket. The guy because I updated my registration. The guy took my word for it. Ticket dismissed, and that's it. I have to pay the fine. Wow. So if you're listening, unbelievable. Welcome, welcome to Mystery Crew. Hey. Hey. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Dan to get in on the action. So if you're listening. Now it seems like it's the Wild Wild West. It started with taxes, by the way. Yeah, I know. I don't know how we ended up here. Anyway, so I so I'm bad at admin, but I still do my own taxes. So I had to like round up a bunch of 1099s and W2s. You always side with with the U.S. government, though. I would assume. Yeah, if there's like a one way or the other, there are people that there are people that go like if you're an independent contractor, like you can write this off and write that off. I I don't. First off, it's you write things on. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I pay more taxes. That's what it's there for, though, to write off to balance. I know. Out the I know. Expense. People, people told me I like I should have like formed my own LLC wow. so that I, yeah, so I so could pay, pay taxes to the LLC. Through, yeah. I didn't do that. I pay. I, I'm an idiot. I've like hmm. purely because again, I'm terrible at admin. I've cost myself thousands of what dollars would, in being able to write things off. What? What would you name your LLC? Terrible That's a great question. Terrible. Thank Ter- you. Terrible at admin. Tad. TAA. Ah. TAA. Yeah. Wow. TAA. I'm not going to talk anything about taxes because I'm not going to incriminate myself. Do you, myself. man? Oh, okay. Yeah, do whatever you want. Not going to do talk. Don't get audited. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing that. You're so right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about taxes. I love taxes. Taxes are great. 
I live in accordance with the law. I pay extra. I love to. Like, I don't pay extra. Those are great. I don't pay extra, but the IRS, great job. They're doing an amazing job over there. The people at the IRS. You pay your fair job. share. I do. There you go. I, I, I don't want to talk about taxes. Oh. Billy, do you do your own taxes? No, I, I used to, but now I have a tax person to it. Oh, because yeah, you're, you're a homeowner now. It feels like it's an, that's an well, extra this is, level. This is actually my first year as that, so I, oh, I'm okay. wondering. Don't get me started on so that. So homestead exemption? I don't know. I don't know that I got that in in time, and it's a whole... Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to figure out. Tax day could be a sad day. A for doozy? A bloodbath? Yeah, yeah. But do, when do you do it? Did you already start? No, I'm again. I, I I usually do it like on April the thirteenth. Wow. Yeah, Oof. I do it. I do you're it bad at that, man. right up. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible at it. I just like mm. I have a stack of. Does anyone else have a stack of mail? Yes, bags. Yeah, yeah. Bags? bags. Yeah, bags. That's yeah, mad. Why don't you just you throw it away? Like well, yeah, shred them first. That's the thing. I don't have a shredder. I don't have a shredder. I, yeah, it's a rip. Ah, it's a rip know. for me. Two, as well. three rips. That's it. Nobody's gonna put the pieces together. That's not good. Nobody cares that much. I promise. Some people care. You're right. Some people do care. The bad people care. The bad people care. So you, how big is your stack of mail? Like four letters? Like, oh, my God. No, no. It's like, it's, it goes 40 deep, I would say. 40 deep? Yeah, 40 deep. Wait, where do you have them? Because you live in an apartment. Like, where do you yeah. have so 40 I have, pieces I have, of mail? I have, like, a counter. I have, like, a counter, and it's, like, pressed up against the corner of the counter. Just stacked up. Yeah, no, 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 like, si like kind of side by side in a, in a filed manner. And I use, I have a box of wipes for my glasses, and I use it to press it against the wall. Tony, you might think this is funny, and maybe you know people, too. <laughs> I've known people that, that have used just, like, the dishwashers where you put all the mail that you don't want to get to. People that don't just use the dishwasher is, is insane to me. Really? And, and yes. actually, environmentally unsafe. I learned this. To not a, use a dishwasher is no, environmentally yes. unsafe? Well, not environmentally, it's, it's environmentally, uh, it's it's bad for the environment. Yeah. I missed. Wait, using it or not using no, it? No, not using, using it. Not using it. That like I washing plastic. I missed that part of so don't look up. So, yeah. so, yes. so here's the so here's the the minimum requirement Use your for dishwasher. Using. Yes. If you are going to hand wash more than six things, it is more energy use efficient yeah. to use the dishwasher with eight it's things with eight That's things really in it. Eco friendly. Not the way I wash. Thank you. So so you should use your dishwasher whenever you want. With a, with a number of items in it because it's more efficient. Not for two actually, plates. believe it or not, no. there's so much information in this Malcolm Gladwell podcast that I cannot recommend. Ah, uh, no uh, wonder. That's yeah, why yeah, 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 it's, 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 it's a great podcast. How to disguise podcast. yourself as an alien? Oh, my God. <laughs> Billy, still on my list of aliens. Yeah. You are. I am. Yeah. We found someone else yesterday. Who was it? Oh, Chocolate Rain. Yeah, Chocolate Rain. Yeah, Chocolate Rain. Tazon Day. Yeah, Tazon Day. Does look like an alien. I agree with you on that. He's hiding in plain sight. So actually, 70% of the environment... Best place to hide sometimes, by the way, in plain sight. Yes. Dan, what are your favorite hiding places? In plain sight or In plain sight has to be up there. Yeah. Right here, the entire time you guys have been talking. That's what I'm saying. I know. In plain sight. Welcome to Mystery Crate. Roy didn't even know you were there. Yeah. Steve Martin also, Chris. I'm always here. I'm all Every time they're talking, I'm here. In the shadows, Just hiding hovering. in plain sight. Mm. <laughs> Gotta be careful. It's a big Chris. shadow. I have an update to my Dan aesthetic, by the way. Oh, mm. from the other day. From the other day. <laughs> Possibly. Dan, Dan reminds me of a sculptor, a like sculptor? somebody who would sit there with like mm. a, a thing of clay and like sculpt, like looking over the ocean, like getting inspiration from something, and then sculpting like a seagull into a thing of clay. I would say this, and I don't know that anyone cares about this. What do you guys think about that? I would think that a stone sculptor is the hardest of the arts. Like a marble or like Yeah. Yeah. Any stone. Sculpting I think is harder than painting and whatever the other arts are. I don't even know. Yeah, I feel like That's sculpting it's, not an art. It's, yeah. it's much harder to it takes a lot of effort. To, no, it to me it's much harder to make up for a mistake. Yeah, you gotta yeah. Start like over in painting again, yeah. in painting yeah. you just paint over it. Yeah. Whereas sculpting it feels like if you if you make a mistake, go ahead and get some concrete. I have to be honest, I kind of wonder, as part of the sculpting process, like, you see a lot of statues that have penises, frankly. Yeah. We discussed yeah. earlier. Wow, David. you said it. Yeah, the yeah, David. yeah, we discussed there earlier. There you go. Small penises. Anatomically yeah, right, exactly. Penises. Right, so hmm. how, how do you think sculptors approach that process? You think they were like, uh, you know, took a little, a little bit too much off is what you're getting Yeah, at? do you think like they're like, oh, I don't want to make it too big and make it seem like this guy was packing. Hmm. But uh, I Was also, there a model? In this sculpting process, right? Exactly. I, I think if I, they make a big hog, then that gets all the attention. Yeah, and they want their right. art to. But to isn't, flourish, isn't yeah. too small of a penis? Huh? It's also, also distracting. distracting? Yeah. Like you have yeah. to make a moderately need sized a nice sculpted penis. average penis. Like when we think about sculptured penises, do we think of David, like the statue of David huh. that was done by Michelangelo, yeah. mm -hmm. and like the penis there is abnormally small, mm. and I, I think, think so, covered yeah. by a leaf, if mm. I'm not mistaken. There's a show on HBO Max called Terry Bradshaw Goes Deep. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's on what? Mystery Crate yeah, this week? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what's on this, this episode? Yeah, yeah. 
I think it's another edition of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. Mm. Can I get to it? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Here it is. Or should I say Dink Farrick? Dink Farrick, indeed. It's Bobbier's Day. Ha-ha. Welcome to Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I am your host. As we walk through the dark side and the light, my name is Darth Amin. My apprentice, as always, is Anthony Mays, a.k.a. Darth Cornpuzzle. Tis I. This is what we do. We review Book of Boba Fett. This is our Star Wars show, and we are talking episode five, Return of the Mandalorian. And Maze, dare I say it, what we really got was The Mandalorian, season 2.5. All right, folks, I get it. This was fun. This is a great episode. I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get to that, I'm a little pissed off, I mean. This is some BS, man. What are you pissed off by? This isn't Book of Boba Fett. They got a show that's only seven episodes including one that's no boba at all. Mm -hmm. What is the structure of this season? We've been complaining about it since day one with these flashbacks. Now we get, you called it 2.5. I'm calling it the season three premiere. (laughs) This wasn't what we thought we were getting. And I mean that in a bad way. At least we know one thing. Now we know where that budget went. (laughs) Holy hell. (laughs) And none of that bullshit ass green screen that we've been dealing with over the last four episodes they took their time and effort with everything in this episode. I don't know, Baze. I get your frustration, particularly because now we only have two episodes left. They got to wrap everything up or at least try to. But man, it was nice to have just a cool ass episode that both looks forward and looks back at the same time and not have to deal with Mighty Morphin, Power Ranger, young adult teen angst, Vespa gangs. Tuscan Raiders in a Carson City parking lot. Yeah, I get it. Look, don't get me wrong. Great episode. I wouldn't say that it's a top-tier Mandalorian episode, but it was way better than anything in Boba Fett. And, I mean, I don't even really mind the idea that going forward in our Star Wars TV galaxy here, it's going to overlap and intersect. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to play by the rules. I'm cool with that. I'm just more mad at them not even being able to put together enough of a Boba show to make a full season. Right. The cross-pollination is a good thing. But, I mean, this episode wasn't cross-pollinating. It was like straight up, here, take my pollen. (laughs) But I'm going to choose to focus on the positives. We've been pretty negative here last few episodes for Just Cause. But it's nice to just revel in some good old-fashioned Star Wars here. And Maze, I'm going to disagree with you. If this were a Mandalorian episode, it would have been one of my favorite ones. Interesting. We get a lot of payoff that we didn't really expect. What's real? Okay, okay, so this is a Mandalorian episode. Okay, even within that, we got payoffs that we did not expect. As always, this show can be found on Disney+. Plus. Stream it now. And if you've already streamed it and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want more. You know, there's always Cinephobe. Oh, yeah, Cinephobe. I got a couple Cinephobe references coming up for you, I mean. Oh, we sure do. Cinephobe, that's the podcast with Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain whether or not they are accurately rated or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. That Cinephobe is produced by Anthony Mays. He's right there. And you can get it wherever you get podcasts. We are still in Stallone month, folks. Even after the episode Rhinestone. So make sure you check that out. It's hilarious, even if the movie is terrible. All right, on to the show. By the way, I promised a guest last week. Call me a liar. Mm. Turns out guest booking is a lot harder than it looks like on TV. So hopefully next week we'll get a guest. But there were some forces at play preventing us from getting the people what we wanted. I'll leave it at that. 
Return of the Mandalorian is the name of the episode, Maze. And as soon as you saw that title card, you probably thought to yourself, well, that's going to do it for Boba. We have the Mando walk into a butcher meat locker. And Maze, did you notice this? A lot of people drew a lot of comparisons between this episode and season one, episode one. What makes you say that, I mean, Is it the repetition of the very first line he ever says? <laughs> I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. These sons of bitches just copy and pasted. I went back and I listened to both. Same audio too, bro. <laughs> Same audio too, bro. And like, again, shout out to you. Work smarter, not harder. But also in the season one, episode one, he walks into the portal into the saloon. Here he walks into those weird plastic flaps that every butcher freezer has. Yeah, I called it an intergalactic meatpacking plant that we're in right here. I like how everything in Star Wars doesn't have to be futuristic. Like, hey, how can we do a meat locker better? And it's like, you know what? We can't. The only thing we can do is have aliens work in here and have like the carcasses be a little weird. So you see some Gamorrean butchers in there. You see some Clatoonians. It's uh, quite a diverse butcher staff. Mando walks in. He walks up to the Clatoonian who says, you look lost. And Mando says, I'm here for Kababais. The guy says he's not here. And Mando pulls out the tracker. So clearly he is here. He says, well, if I see him, I'll let you know. And Mando says, well, I'm looking at him right now. Surprise, surprise, the Clatoonian who's talking is the Clatoonian in question. He then hits Mando with something that I've wondered about for a long time in Star Wars. Why doesn't anyone ever try this trick? Which is, doesn't even look like me. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's hell of a bull. Mando's not having it. And then Clatoonian comes clean. He says, you look like the practical type. Let's discuss our options. And that's where we get our signature Mando line. Hmm. I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Tells everybody else you got a chance to dip right here before this shit get ugly. Nobody dips. Mando pulls out the Darksaber. So sick. I mean, got excited. That's right. I love the Darksaber. I love how it looks. I love whatever effects they're doing. So great to see it. I love the Darksaber in the animated shows. And I was so happy that not only they bring it over live action, but they made it look cool as hell. Yeah. It doesn't look cartoonish or silly. I also love the bit of realism here in that. Mando has absolutely no idea how to use it. Nope. He burns his own inner thigh. Yep. Pretty terrible place to get a Darksaber burn. That must smart, as they say. It's a rather brutal depiction of him cutting down these people, right? Usually in Star Wars, lightsaber cuts through somebody and they just kind of collapse, right? You don't usually get the graphic of searing through. You know, you get them every once in a while, whether it's Vader in Rogue One on the ship. Yeah. That's what it is, is. It's the more modern updates of it. I feel like Adam Driver, Kylo Ren gets kind of savage with it, cutting some people up with that. But this show hasn't had a lightsaber in it until the end of Mando and then here right now. But especially when he cuts Kaba Bias in half along with the whole table. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It's right through that <laughs> shit comes outside he's got what's clearly the head in a sack and ladies and gentlemen star wars is a family endeavor movies programs whatever but every once in a while they do some stuff just to remind you like yeah technically it's pg-13 or tv-14 and that was one of them it reminded me of revenge of the sith where anakin beheads count dooku it reminded me of star wars rebels i want to say either the end of season one or the beginning of season two where we had those two Imperial officers who were kind of like the comic relief. Mm -hmm. And then the Inquisitor just walks in behind him and ignites his lightsaber. And you hear the thump, thump of two heads rolling. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, so sometimes they get they get a little freaky with it, but I'm with it. Walks out. He's got the head in a sec. He says, if you let me pass, because all the butchers are around and they've got all their blades and stuff. And they're looking kind of tough and mean. So if you let me pass... You guys can help yourself to a pile of New Republic credits that's on that dude's desk, whatever you feel like you're entitled to from your previous employer. And we see him walk out, and this is wild. This is a strip station? What is this, Maze? The ring-shaped space station known as Glavis. It's got orbiting mirrors providing day-night cycles for those living on the interior of the ring. I love that, how part of it was lit up, part of it was dark. And this is brand new to Star Wars, I mean. 
but it is a reference to the 1970s sci-fi novel Ring World by Larry Niven. Shout out to Larry. Larry Niven. I do want to mention that this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Hey! Not Kevin Tancheron. I got fooled by the internet because they just had him up on IMDb, but it was Bryce, and she previously directed Chapter 4 and Chapter 11 of Mandalorian, which you'll remember as the Bo-Katan episode. Chapter 11 was a very cool episode. Chapter 4 was an incredibly boring episode. Terrible. Terrible episode. That was the filler episode in season one of The Mandalorian. Xena Warrior Princess episode. He goes from planet to planet helping people. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Goes up in the elevator and gets a weird look from the alien in the elevator. Who's looking at what's he carrying? Elevator humor there. Walks up into a club. A lot of people drinking, having a good time. Walks in and he talks to presumably whoever sent him on this bounty. This creature who is speaking in Hatties. Maze, this creature is an Ishitib. Sure is. I mean, where have we seen an Ishitib before? Well, they were first introduced in Return of the Jedi. One of them was working for Jabba. Guess that explains the Hatties. So this shot here is a tracking shot with no cuts. A one as it's known in the biz. No, in the biz. There's a lot of chatter about this on the internet. Like, wow, Bryce Dallas Howard. You see that one mm-hmm. That was her idea, you know? And that's all before I saw it. So when he just walks in and walks out, I wasn't exactly impressed because it wasn't very complicated. The coolest part of it is that he gets in an elevator and he explores kind of a big space. So I just wonder how much of this scene is set versus CGI. Right. That's the coolest thing about it. But it's not a mind-blowing one-take shot like True Detective or anything like that. There's no action in it. This isn't Goodfellas. Going into the club, right? We exactly. go downstairs and through the kitchen and all that stuff. By the way, Ishitibs also are a couple who are in the Onaka gang. The Onaka gang led by Hondo Onaka. If you've been to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either Disney World or Disneyland, you've been on the Millennium Falcon ride, the animatronic that welcomes you on that ride is Hondo Onaka. That's a real Star Wars character. That's not like just some droid they made. For the ride, spoiler alert, more on that later. So Mando doesn't want the money. He wants to know the access shaft to the substrata. Yeah. And then when they eventually give it to him, he sees infrared mythosaur insignia Mm -hmm. leading him down to the substrata, which is on the outside of Glavis. It's hanging above space. It's very cool. Very cool looking. And where do we find there? But the secret Mandalorian covert is still alive. And the armor is there. There she is. She's chilling. She's kind of meditating. She knows it's him without turning around. Very cool. He's got this cut. Paz Vizsla comes out with the back to spray. Paz Vizsla is, of course, voiced by Jon Favreau, who also voiced Paz Vizsla's ancestor or great-grandfather or whatever, Bree Vizsla. You might remember him from the Clone Wars. So we haven't seen the armor since Chapter 8, Season 1 finale, and we haven't seen Paz Vizsla since Chapter 3. It's been a while. Well, no, he was he was in Chapter 8. He was one of the flying Mandalorians who shot up everybody, who rescued him on Navarro. Oh, so he was there. Okay, sorry. He was there. We just didn't get any, any speaking lines from him. We got speaking lines in Chapter 3 because he was kind of the asshole who doesn't quite like Mando for some reason. 
He doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> We're wanted men, you know. Pazuzu the sprays the cut that Mando has with a Bacta spray. I'm liking the many different varieties of Bacta we get in Star Wars Maze. I don't know about you. We got the classic Bacta tank, Upright. That's the one that Luke Skywalker is in in Empire Strikes Back. That's the one that Vader chills in in Rogue One. We've got the lying down back to tank that my man Boba Fett has been using in this series. We've got the back to suit, which is what Finn wears in the beginning of The Last Jedi after he sustained injuries fighting Kylo Ren at the end of Force Awakens. And now we got the back to spray for the traveler on the go, right? It's kind of like the Tide pen. Yeah. You know, just a little touch up. Fix this up real quick. Armor asks, what weapon could have caused such an injury? And he pulls out the Darksaber and your man Paz Vizsla has all the hatred in his eyes, even his though he's helmet. wearing a mask. He's giving him the helmet stare down. Absolutely. All this talk of the Empire, and they lasted less than 30 years. Mandalorians have existed 10,000. Yes. And we get some dark saber exposition, I mean. Same note, too, bro. We're told that it was forged by Tar Vizsla using a higher grade of Beskar, which I didn't know existed. I thought Beskar was Beskar. Tar Vizsla, of course, was the first Mandalorian ever to be inducted into the Jedi Order. Those of you guys are like, wait, 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 what are you talking about? Basically, this dude was the first Mandalorian who was a Jedi. Every Jedi has to create their own lightsaber. He created the Darksaber. It's not quite clear what materials he used other than Beskar to make it. When he died, the Jedi put it in the Temple of Coruscant, but then a bunch of Vizsla's descendants, known as Death Watch, basically came in, stole it out of the temple, and used it to rule Mandalore. And then thus began this whole idea that whoever wields the saber is the rightful ruler of Mandalore. We get the rules that we talked about at the end of mm-hmm. season two of The Mandalorian. Whoever wields the Darksaber can lead Mandalore if... It is won by Creed in battle. And I wondered, Apollo Creed? (laughs) It can only exchange hands if it's won by combat. Same rules as the Elder Wand in Harry Potter. And if it is not won in combat, held by the undeserving, a curse. Yes. Falls upon the nation of Mandalore, laid to waste, and its people scattered. She asks, where did you come across the saber? This is a defeated Moff Gideon and took it from him. And he said, you should have killed him to pay for the atrocities he did to Mandalore. He said, oh, he's going to go stand trial and he'll probably die anyway, which is Star Wars way of saying he's not going to die. Absolutely <laughs> he's, not. He's going to escape somehow. He's on ice until Giancarlo Esposito is needed again. We get a Mythosaur reference, more mythology. Songs of eons past foretold of the Mythosaur rising up to herald the new age of Mandalore. Sadly, only exists in Legends. Even though Boba Fett has told us he's rode creatures 10 times as large. We'll see if we get a Mythosaur appearance here, Maze, at some point. Armorer says the spear, the Beskar spear that Mando has can pierce Beskar. So it is a threat to all Mandalorians. Beskar was not meant to be weapons. It was meant to be armor. No word yet as to what about the Darksaber lady. (laughs) but that's a noble weapon i mean of course of course that's an exception but i do like this principle mandalorian steel i also like that other name for beskar and then mando asks about bo katan we get a lot of exposition here about how they led their people astray and so let me rewind a bit maze let me rewind quite a bit the people who did not watch clone wars Paz Vizsla's great-grandfather whatever pre-Vizsla has the dark saber he gets in league with Darth Maul to create this whole ruse of him beating the guy and taking the dark saber from him the guy is Maul's brother Savage Press. so they do this whole thing so that Vizsla can rule Mandalore and then he can give safe haven to Maul for his criminal activities. But, of course, after he does it, he decides to turn on Maul. He imprisons him. Maul escapes. Maul fights him. Maul kills him. Takes the Darksaber. Now Maul rules Mandalore. And he does it to lure Duchess Satine in 
Duchess Satine, who had a romantic relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Remember, Maul's whole thing in his life is like, there's two people I can't stand and I want to kill. One is the Emperor because he abandoned him. One is Kenobi because he feels like he humiliated him. So he wants to kill Kenobi. Kenobi comes, he kills Duchess Satine, but Kenobi ultimately defeats Maul. Maul has to escape. Rewind a little bit. We've got Duchess Satine, who is the ruler of Mandalore, wants to make the Mandalorians pacifists. Mandalorians are a warlike people. They're like, this is bullshit. It's against their religion, I mean. Specifically House Vizsla. So they try to overthrow her. It doesn't work. She has them exiled to Concordia. That's why they were there when the purge happened and they didn't die on Mandalore. Fast forward to a whole lot of stuff. In Star Wars Rebels, we get Sabine Wren, who is one of the rebel faction. She gets the Darksaber off of Dathomir, doesn't want it, hands it over to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan takes it, not by combat, by basically being gifted to it by another Mandalorian, and that's why everyone thinks the thing is cursed. Or maybe there is a curse, and that's just how the curse manifests itself. And we finally, Maze, finally get a visual of the Night of a Thousand Tears. We've heard about this purge for so long. We now see what it looks like. A zillion TIE bombers bombing the shit out, carpet bombing Mandalore, particularly we see the capital city of Mandalore, Sundari. It's that big dome thing. We've seen that in Rebels. We've seen that in Clone Wars. That thing gets destroyed. There's a wasteland, and we see K2SO droids. Remember K2SO mm-hmm. from Rogue One? They're just kind of finishing off their mains. We've got probe droids. That shot straight out of Terminator. That's what everyone says, yes. Yeah, so straight out of Terminator. I love seeing this, the Night of a Thousand Tears. I love the armors language she calls them imperial interlopers Mm -hmm. and she mentions that they were cloistered on the moon of concordia and is this the first time that we've gotten confirmation that the armorer is linked to death watch yes because we've speculated on it this would make it seem near fact Mm -hmm. it's not just a coincidence oh yeah we just happen to be on concordia oh the one where they exiled a bunch of people particularly Pre Vizsla and his followers. Mm-hmm. We kind of get some exposition there showing us how these Mandalorians survived the Purge of Mandalore. And got scattered across the galaxy. Oh, to the winds. To the winds. Scattered by the winds across the forest. She's used that term like a million times. I said, relax, lady. Mando says, hey, take the Beskar spear, forge something for Grogu because he wants to go see him. Armor warns him, the Jedi teach about detachment. Yo, man, this ain't like you can't just pop by and see the dog that you fostered for a while, like with its new family. Like Sylvester Stallone going to get his old dog back. But it's the opposite of the Mandalorian creed. Loyalty and solidarity are the way, I mean. Yes, they are. Is Grogu going to be the next Jedi-Mandalorian combo? I don't think so. I like to think that Grogu, as we said last year, is going to turn to the dark side. He's too much anger and hate and fear and suffering. You just want to replace me with a new apprentice. I get it. Actually, the theory we had was that Grogu is going to be in the Jedi Academy with young Kylo Ren, aka Mm -hmm. Ben Solo. And he's going to say, man, I don't know why Master Luke be treating you like a bitch. I won't (laughs) let him talk to me like that. (laughs) Basically feeding all the negativity (laughs) into his head. And that's what eventually strikes Ben Solo into the dark side. I like that theory a lot better than Grogu going dark side. The armor melts down the spear, and then we see some chainmail rings being dropped. So I love the idea of Grogu in a little badass chainmail vest. Yeah. And it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, I mean, where two guys spent years of their lives doing nothing but assemble chainmail vests until their fingerprints wore off. And then when they tie the little cloth, on Grogu's mysterious gift, it looks like a Yoda head. Look at that. Oh, see, I thought that was just people reaching. What do you mean? The big floppy ears of me. Oh, come on. It just made the, the bunny ear tie. Everyone ties it. Everybody loves Grogu, and we all want to see him and make sure he's safe, just like Mando. Amin's just out here hoping that he 
turns to the dark side and corrupts Ben Solo. But no, we just miss our little friend. They start training with the dark saber, and the weird word she's saying that she's counting in Mandoa, which is the language of the Mandalorians. She then says, you are fighting against the blade because it's the blade's real heavy. He's real clumsy with it. He says it gets heavier with each move. Maze, we've seen this scene before in Star Wars, haven't we? I had some questions about this scene. So where have we seen this before? It's when Kanan Jarrus is training Sabine with the Darksaber. Oh, okay. She's similarly clumsy. It doesn't come across as heavy in that episode of Star Wars Rebels when they're on Adalon at Chopper Base. But she definitely is clumsy with it and not very good with it. And Kanan tells her, you're fighting against it. You need to channel your strength through it. Same thing here. The armor tells Amando, you can't control it with your strength. Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. And it certainly seems like she's trying to teach him how to use the force right now. I mean... And so I wonder, are Jedi lightsabers equally heavy, or is this a special darksaber thing? This is a special darksaber thing. Now, obviously, you can't just throw a lightsaber at anybody and have them, like, whizzing it around, right? Mm -hmm. We saw, for instance, Finn in The Force Awakens with the lightsaber, and he was kind of clueless with it. No finesse. Swiping around like crazy. No technique. There's some sword fighting. There's another reason people say, why was Rey so good? Well, Rey use the staff so she's already used to some of the kind of motions and stuff and then you factor in that she's force sensitive extremely force sensitive it makes it easier for her to pick up this stuff so it can be learned obviously being force sensitive makes you a lot better at it but it can be learned remember general grievous totally not force sensitive and obviously all the mandalorians who have wielded the dark saber correctly and used it we're pretty good at it too. It just made me think that there was some sort of extra mental layer to this training. There is a level of like focus and kind of intention, but I don't think it's supernatural. Mm -hmm. They're very clearly not force sensitive. Most of the Mandalorians, right? So maybe the dark saber belongs in someone else's hands. Those are the words of Paz Vizsla. Uh Talking shit in the background. And we get a cool ass duel <laughs> the funniest part to me was both of them taking their jetpacks off and just kind of like yeah. gently laying them on the side okay let's just put this here it's like guys that take off their jackets right before they're about to fight roll your shirt sleeves up a little bit paz has a vibrating carving knife and a forearm shield and he is noticeably larger than our guy mando he's a big dude by the way that knife was used by mando in episode when he fought the Mudhorn. Mm -hmm. Lots of fighting. It's made clear to us that Mando doesn't know what the hell he's doing with this thing. It's knocked out of his hand. Paz Vizsla picks it up. Fate has brought this blade back to my clan. Now fate will end yours. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Talked a lot of shit and then did not. That's a, that was a great speech. He gets it immediately stuck in some metal. <laughs> Can't get it Whoa! out. <laughs> Whoa! Like Joe Gatto on Impractical Jokers. Mando kicks his ass and like has him basically checkmated. The armor says, enough, Mando wins. And she asks Paz Vizsla, have you ever removed your helmet? He says, no, and this is the way. And then she turns to Mando and says, have you ever removed your helmet? And he hesitates. Charlie Day in the back seat says, I don't know, pause there. And Jason Sudeikis says, moment of silence that that was. Then you are a Mandalorian no more. Yes, he says, I beg you for forgiveness. How may I atone? Leave apostate. Somehow there's always a loophole, right? You got to go to the springs in the mines under Mandalore. He's like, Mandalore is a piece of shit. He's like, that ain't my problem, bro. This is the way. This is the way. And that's all according to Creed. Apollo? Maze, I got a question. Why are there no Beskar cod pieces? Because as Mando's walking away, his crotch is fully exposed. There bro. are some major gaps in his armor coverage that no one ever seems to want to exploit. Yeah, let's just shoot him in the shoulder again, like the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger dude with the droid eye. Kama Baez was just shooting him in the jetpack repeatedly. Dude, that's not going to work. These guys are all stormtroopers on some level. Mando doesn't have a ship anymore. I mean, RIP Razorcrest. So he has to take a Starliner, which is the galaxy's equivalent of riding the bus. Or as Connor says in succession, 
flying scheduled with the pores. Yes, that's exactly what's happening, man, though. We get some starport exposition, Maze. Flight 1020, nonstop service to Tatooine oh, is boarding at gate one. Yeah. Starts to walk on. He's stopped by a droid who says, no weapons on board. And Maze, do you know who this droid is? Tell me about this droid, I mean. Oh, my God. I was so excited when I saw it. If you've ever been to Disneyland pre-Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the only two rides they had that were Star Wars related. One is every once in a while, they would change Space Mountain into Hyperspace Mountain. And, like, add some TIE fighters in there. It's the same ride, but it just looks different when you're going through it. But the only permanent Star Wars ride they ever had was Star Tours. Star Tours, where it felt like you're going in a shuttle, and the shuttle's supposed to give you a tour of some planet. I think it was Coruscant. And then all of a sudden, something goes wrong, and we have to evade being apprehended. And the droid, who is the one who's like, welcome to Star Tours, it's that guy. How about that? How about that? And he asks Mando to check his weapons. Mando tries to get a religious exemption, I mean. Yeah, he did. He, he tried to pull a Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> it's <laughs> against my religion to take this off. Then he reluctantly packs all his gear in there. My favorite is when he empties the whistling birds out, like pocket change. Yep. Lingers on the Darksaber for a second. It did give me a little bit of concern. That someone was going to steal. That we'd have a baggage mix-up, maybe... They'd lose his bag, but thankfully that was not the case. I thought the Rodian kid who was sitting in front of him, who did the usual kid thing of turning around and seeing, just staring at someone. I thought that kid was, that family was going to get his bag. And it was like, he's going to open up and find a bunch of Rodian toys and stuff. Like, the hell is this? Mm. Hi, Jinx. But that didn't happen. The Rodian youngling is just there to remind Mando of his little green bestie. Aww. He looks down at the little napkin full of chain mail. It looks like Grogu's head. So now we're on Tatooine. We head through Mos Eisley. We're going to see Pelimoto. Amy Sedaris back again. She's got a little bit of a problem. A womp rat problem, Maze. So Womprat attacking one of her droids. Womprat is the thing that Luke Skywalker said in A New Hope that he used to shoot from his T-16 around his uncle and aunt's farm. So you were so excited for the droid that took the bags, oh. but are you not excited to see the BD droid from Jedi Fallen Order, I mean? I'm very excited. This is Cal Kestis' BD droid model i don't think it's the same droid at least i don't believe it is but not only did we get to see it but a little bit later we get to see the bd droid do things that we learned from jedi fallen order you don't know what that is that's a video game that came out about two years ago and it is glorious i love that game it was one of the most fun video games i've ever played and all of it is canon. So Cal Kestis, who is the main jedi the main premise of fallen order is that when order 66 happens they didn't kill every Jedi. Like some of them just went into hiding. And one of them is this guy named Cal Kestis. And so you play the character of Cal Kestis as you're trying to like make sense of the universe as you're being hunted basically by the Inquisitors. Very cool. But the droid in that game is a BD droid. BD-1. Pelimoto is struggling with the womp rat. She tries to go after it. And then she kind of comically gets pulled back. She's asking for help. The droids apparently say no. You can't say no. You're a droid. What is this? A democracy all of a sudden? Yeah. Mando kills it. What an entrance. Hey, look, everyone. It's Mando. You here to slay another dragon? Banter. Or maybe bounty. Oh, she sent him a message. She's got a replacement for the Razor Crest. You bring the cash? And she tells the droids to fire up the grill before the Womp Rat gets gamey. Disgusting. We see what she has she doesn't have a new razor crest for bando she has a hunk of junk but she says this is a naboo fighter a naboo starfighter and ladies and gentlemen if you watch episode one the phantom menace the first star wars prequel you know that the cool sleek ships that princess amidala or queen amidala i believe at that point is running with these are all from naboo they're sleek they're golden they're really fast anakin commandeers one and blows up a trade federation star destroyer basically so she's like this is exactly what you need i loved seeing this ship i was a big fan of this ship back in the day but mando's not he's pissed it's a pile of junk he doesn't want it yeah but then pelimoto starts talking about it like a classic car she sells them on it yep doesn't look like much all original parts from the galactic republic you know how hard those are to get all handmade no droids it's faster than a father 
It's the goat thing from Last Jedi. The horse thing with a face, like a human face. Really weird. Remember Canto Bite? They were racing them. And then Rose and Finn escape on one in a very heavy-handed scene. This baby's pre-Empire. She's off the grid. Exactly. Jump into hyperspace with no docking ring. Off the grid pre-Empire is exactly what the Razor Crest was. So she knows this is exactly the kind of vehicle that he needs. But then the other thing is, jumping to hyperspace with no docking ring, the old Republic or the Galactic Republic starfighters, they couldn't go into hyperspace. They flew around and for, were for combat, but when they had to go long distances, they have to dock into this weird ring thing and then they go to hyperspace, and then they would leave it parked outside, basically. I think it's episode two, when Obi-Wan goes to Kamino to go meet with the Kaminoans. Yeah, I remember that. He uses a docking ring. So this thing doesn't need a docking ring. That's a pretty big deal. Then we get some weird banter about, I used to date a Jawa. This was hilarious. They're furry. It's an extended ship assembly sequence here. Mando is softened on droids a little bit, and Peli just gives the Jawas lists of parts that she wants. They go out, they get them, they come back. They're like the thieving eBay of Tatooine. I don't ask, they don't tell. And then she shares, she dated a Jawa for a while. They're quite furry, very furry. A lot of issues. Maze was very nice and gracious to say, call it a sequence. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a montage. No, the montage is coming. (laughs) Montage is next. (laughs) Now we get a montage. (laughs) We're rebuilding the Starfighter. But I want to ask you real quick, Amin. Mm -hmm. Peli also speaks Jawaese, and I put it to you, if you could speak any language in the galaxy, what would it be? Oh, this one's easy. Hutties. Come on now. Hutties because it sounds the most satisfying or because you want to be dealing in the crime world? I would say it is A, most useful because you got to deal with these weird characters, but B, and probably more importantly, other than Galactic Basic, which is English, basically, it is spoken by such a wide, diverse amount of species. Mm-hmm. Clutunians talking, Clutunian Rhodians or whatever. I don't see anyone else doing it. Every once in a while, you get someone like Wookiees. You get someone who like understands Wookiee. Han Solo can speak Wookiee, like very broken Wookiee. But it's not a very diverse language. Meanwhile, Hatties seems like there are a lot of different Twi'leks speak it. The Huts speak it. Ishitibs speak it. Everyone kind of speaks Hatties. It's kind of like more people speak Mandarin than any other language in the world. Mm-hmm. But like 99% of those people are Chinese versus a language like English or Spanish, which way less people speak, but it's spoken in more places. You're more likely to find someone who speaks one of those when you're not in one of those countries than, for instance, Mandarin. That's a good answer. I would choose, even though I really like Jawis a lot because those dudes are helpful. I'm going droid speak. I mean, I want to be able to talk to droids. But like everyone seems to talk to droids. But what if you could understand R2? But everyone seems to understand R2, right? No, just 3PO. It's just them two talking in a one-way conversation. Luke understands. Well, I guess he's got the little translator. Doesn't Luke speak to the Jawas too? Yeah. So Luke knows a couple languages. I would say for me, droids speak. I would imagine if you're from Tatooine, you probably speak Jawas. And Jawas speak some broken galactic basics. You kind of have to, right? It's <laughs> it's like living in, in East L.A. and not speaking Spanish. Like, all right, you got to know something, right? Mando wants them to get him hand-built, custom, vintage hyperware for his antique ship. But Pelly's going to make it work. She dated a Jawa. She knows what she's doing. And then apparently a Jawa asks her out right after she says this. She says, that's okay. I'm working on me right now. Oh, that's such a funny line. Furry. We get a lot of jargon. So much jargon. One of them, though, the cryogenic density combustion booster, which is that long pylon with the little ridges in the middle looking like a ribbed foam roll. Oh, not where I thought you were going with that. Ripped for her pleasure. That's exactly what Han Solo used in A New Hope to stop the trash compactor, Maze. Oh, nice. That did look familiar. I like that. Yep. I also was going to say that all that jargon led to her installing a NOS button. Like it's Fast and the Furious up in here that would evacuate his exhaust manifold. Yeah, that is jargon. 
Jargon for asshole. We also get a gonk droid sighting. Charging stuff up. We also see BD-1 in action, scanning parts, and then projecting them onto where they should go. Very helpful. Again, you can do that on Jedi Fallen Order. If you've got a PlayStation or an Xbox, play it, man. It's a fun-ass game. The Jawas are already back with that part. These critters can find a scud in the krill pond. And they ask where the Jawas got it, and they crimped it off of a Pike Spice Runner. So we got to give Mando some Pike's position here to get him caught up on the events of Book of Boba Fett. What's happening on Tatooine? You may not know, Mando, but these guys are giving everybody problems, and everyone's scared. There's no law enforcement. There's nothing. We get a little dragon-like creature who crows like a rooster. That's simply called a sand bat. We've never seen one of those in Star Wars before. And they wheel out the finished product. I love the look of this thing. It's mostly chrome, like Mando's armor. It's got those little yellow accents. This thing looks dope. Flies it up, gives it a test drive, flying around, blah, blah, blah. He takes the same route that Anakin pod raced in in Phantom Menace, right through Beggar's Canyon. Now this is pod racing. Mm-hmm. And this is also Beggar's Canyon that Luke used to say flying a swoop bike through would translate to starfighter skills in A New Hope. And as we go through Beggar's Canyon, there's even a remnant of the gate that Anakin smashed through when he went up the ramp. Oh. That's how detailed this tribute was. So many episode one shout-outs in this episode. Tatooine. There's a womp rat again that's just chilling there as he flies around. Think Ferrick, she's fast. Smooth as a gonk scopjack. Goes up into the stratosphere, starts doing spins. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Yep, there you go. Thank you, Maze, for another episode one quote. Despite it wasn't being quoted, but that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he's up there. He's flying around that Starliner, the Rodian kid. I guess it was just a day trip to Tatooine. They got a long commute home on this space bus. He's flying around it, and he gets pulled over by the fuzz. What happens when you're joyriding your muscle car? Two New Republic X-Wings. One of them is Lieutenant Reed, who's played by the body double of Mark Hamill. So when they deep fake Mark Hamill's face in the season finale of Mandalorian season two, that was the guy who plays Lieutenant Reed, who actually was the stand-in. We get a slow reveal to see our old friend, Captain Carson Teva, the other cop, and they pull him over for flying too fast next to a commercial ship, flying without a beacon. Mando tries to explain he hasn't updated his registration. He's really good at lying. He's got some Ben Stiller lying in him right there. He's got an answer for everything. And then Captain Tiva says, aren't you the dude that we pulled over like in a Razor Crest? And he's like, nope. You remember Navarro, Imperial Remnants? Any of that ring a bell? Uh-uh. Then you hit the NOS, dip out. That's not a hyperdrive jump. Sublight thrusters. And they decide not to report it to mean because they don't want to do the paperwork. Just like cops. Mando comes back. Calls the new ship Wizard. Wizard. And that's another Phantom Menace quote. Man, I don't know. Maze, you were a kid. Yep. People were upset. Upset when that was like, Wizard? This is the slang that they use? This is so Wizard, Annie. But the funny thing is, if you think about it, Mando's probably a kid during Phantom Menace. Oh. So, on some level, yeah, that's the slang of his youth. Tightens the old evacuation port. Pelomoto says an old friend dropped by. It's Fennec, who easily gets past the hangar security system. She offers him a gig. Need muscle. It's Boba Fett. Mando will help them on the house, but first... For free. I gotta pay a visit to my little friend. Okay. (laughs) Roll credits. One little bitty thing note that I have here from the artwork that follows every one of these episodes. When we're seeing the Glavid space station. Glavis. 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 There you go. In the top right corner, we see what looks like Darth Maul's spacecraft. Mm. Oh, really? The scimitar. Now, he's dead. Let me just make it clear to everybody. He's dead. And spoiler alert, Obi-Wan killed him. Again, yes. On Tatooine. I've been fooled before, I mean. Yeah, I know. 
But their speculation is this is now the ship that Kira has been using. She's common, man. We already know it. <laughs> Stop fooling around with me and me. Are they going to age her? What are they going to do? No. No, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I've been using back to Botox. She's the head of a crime syndicate. She's got access to the most advanced back to injections. I mean, she's going to look as fresh and young as the day we last saw her. It's not botulism. It's bactalism. And Mace, I saw another rumor just to wrap up Star Wars related thoughts here that at the end of episode seven, the spoiler track or the stinger track we're going to get at the end is the lead in to Obi-Wan. Okay. That's the whole thing. I mean, this show is just the first one. So they're using it to set up everything else. And that's okay, but it's just weird logistics to me. Why make a new show, call it The Book of Boba Fett? Why not just make it Mandalorian Season 3 and then have Boba Fett be in it? Who cares? Do it like The Wire, right? Just move it around. Season 2 of The Wire was just completely had nothing to do with or very little to do with the high-rises and was out on the docks. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. My guess is because... This way you get Robert Rodriguez gets an EP title here. He gets to have some different vision to it, even though Favreau's writing every single episode. Right. I don't know. It's strange to me. It's the new frontier that we're in. The Marvel shows are similar. Quick Hawkeye spoiler alert right here. But Hawkeye is really just a platform to bring in other characters that they're going to redistribute throughout the show yeah. like this is just the new disney model they're moving more tv focused but star wars clearly is not going to be restricted by the lines that they're supposed to color in they're going to do whatever they want because favreau is running the whole thing so if they just want to put a mandalorian episode in the middle of this season sure why not yeah at least now i know it's coming so i won't be surprised at any other thing going forward the only thing i think is obi-wan is set in the past. So what would be the segue there for them? The more natural segue would be Ahsoka, right? Yeah. Get an Ahsoka trailer or an Ahsoka stinger in there. Well, that's interesting. I mean, will it just be a complete non sequitur or will they tie it to what's happening? Because Ahsoka has a chance of being tied to what's happening. And all you have to do is show a stinger and be like, we're so far away from doing this. This is just, it's kind of like seeing Nick Fury at the end of those early Marvel movies. It's like, yeah, it's not going to factor in for the next three episodes, but at some point it will. Because as I seem to recall, the next ones up are Obi-Wan, and then after Obi-Wan, you get Cassie and Andor, which is also a throwback. It's pre-Rogue One. And then you're going to get Mando Season 3. Which already started. Yeah, which already started in this episode. Maze, you picked it, motherfuckers. <laughs> Wrong podcast. <laughs> Two episodes left. Dave Filoni episodes next. Let's go. Are we going to see Grogu and Luke Skywalker? Yes or no? No, not in this show. No, absolutely not. So the chain mail will have to be delivered at a later time. First, I got to pay a visit to my little friend. Okay, but we're not going to see that. That's just a massive tease. Why would we follow him to go drop off a gift to Grogu for five seconds and then have him come back and do an episode? Okay, how about this? Question number two. Is Mando going to get trained at using the Darksaber with either Luke Skywalker or Ahsoka Tano? I'm also going to say no, because he's not a Jedi. I thought Luke was a no, but Ahsoka Tano, maybe? It's a maybe, but I don't think so. I don't think that's how it's going to go down. I think that he got his little dose of training here, and I bet you he's going to get a lot better at using it in the next two times we see him. I did want to mention one thing real quick, which is... Pelimoto removes the droid port of the Naboo Starfighter, puts a little seat back there that looks like a perfect spot for our man Grogu to sit in if they ever want to take a little road trip together. Yeah. See, I think he's going to get kicked out of the Jedi Order, man. And become a Mandalorian. Yeah, maybe. Force-sensitive one. Force-sensitive Mandalorian. I definitely, definitely do not think we see Grogu in these two episodes. They might have him go do it and have us not see it, which would be kind of cold-blooded. But I just think that's a tease for whenever Mando 3 comes back. All right. We've exhausted them. That's been a long episode. There's a lot of stuff in that. We've evacuated our exhaust manifold for sure. We sure have. 
Thank you, Anthony Mays. Thank you, listeners. Remember, Cinephobe, wherever you get podcasts, make sure you are subscribed. We also had a great conversation with Stu Gatz last week. I don't know if you guys caught that one, where Stu Gatz gives us his favorite Stallone movies, but also his favorite Stallone characters. Two very different lists. All of that and more in our conversation with Stu Gatz about Stallone Month. You can catch that on Cinephobe, wherever you get podcasts. And as always, thank you, the listeners. For joining us, your body is strong, but your mind is distracted. Tension. I don't like that line at all. I could bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. That's how you end oh, a podcast. No. That was For another history, that'll do it for another episode of Mystery Crate. We are, you know, DraftKings, all that shit. <laughs> Take it away, Woody. What, what's in the network, Chris? You know oh, all so that much shit. stuff. Off the Looking Glass, Montgomery and Company. Company. Look at us. Season finale Walker. of Off the Looking Glass. The Season finale. I think. Season I read the yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. How come last they get, how come, week? Last week is the penultimate episode. How come so. they get season finale? Penultimate, huh? What do you want a what? season finale? I'm just saying, you're just, like you're my podcast, the last episode, the podcast yeah. I produce just never stops. So, so you're saying you're on a little break. Welcome season. to the club, saying, though, Chris. It seems nice. It's to... award season coming up, isn't it? You should, now is when things should be ramping up. I know. For I tried. You. To, I tried to get out to the Oscars, but that didn't happen. Really? Yeah, What'd you do? That to email try? got shut down really quick. What'd you do to try? Just an email of, "Hey, Adnan would be interested." Who'd little... you send it to? You know, DK. Really? Yeah. Billy's like, "What's up?" I sent an email. I sent a similar email on your behalf. I yeah. said if there's a sponsor, could get them out there. Well, I think that's what I'm talking about. When mm. you asked us, well, it got shut down. I'm doing things. Shut down. It's I'm doing over. like jazz fingers for the audience. When behind the scenes, it was really well. Easy. You had to buy a t- like a bow tie. You don't know jazz fingers or that spirit jazz hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Spirit fingers. Spirit, spirit fingers. fingers. Yeah. Chicken fingers. What's your favorite fingers food? Ooh. Chicken fingers. You know dolphin fingers are good. I like dolphin fingers. I had them at Flannies for the first yeah, time. Yeah, they are good. Quality, right? Mr. Crate episode. Fantastic. Huh. Quality? Huh. Fantastic. Huh. All right, what else is in the network? Billy, you what know. are you working on? Stupidity? God bless football? Yeah, we had a stupidity come out this <laughs> week. You know, we got some. Uh, we found out that Mikey A, professional dancer, in his words, wow. formerly, I don't think that it counts by my... Well, I mean, you can reprise one's dancing skills. Well, he well he labeled himself as a professional dancer when he, really he was the person that the DJ would bring along to carry all of. Oh, his the stuff. hype man. Oh, yeah, and then he like go the roadie. He'd start, yeah, he'd start mm. the uh, the dance. What are you laughing at, Lewis? What's your deal over there? <laughs> He's not even. I'm sending funny things to Tony. What funny things are you saying? Yeah, he I sent like me funny. a couple funny things. I like funny things. He's he's never paid for a ticket in his life. You've never paid for a ticket in going your back life. Going back fifteen for fifteen. Time. I take him on a court. I never lost. Biting those tickets. Wow. Man. Yeah. Do you guys ever do the ticket attorneys? I mean, I know Dan. I, yeah, like, had, I've done I'm your ticket before, attorney. Yeah. Just show up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hmm. You know what? It's actually you know, not a bad. Like the thing I learned from the Zoom court thing is that it seems as though if you if you take the effort into showing up, it feels like it, it's a level of citizenship that the judges seem to appreciate. Oh God. That's called so, what it's it is. a squeaky wheel the situation. The cop never no, it's shows not, up. It's not a squeaky wheel. That's not, what happens. I, the I, cop I, never shows up. You want a suit to this? Guys, I went but one time. Sure. I oh, went, okay, oh, of course it happened to you. I went one time. And he was there. It waiting. was a city in central Florida that I didn't drive through. And I got a ticket in the mail saying, you have a ticket for this. And I was like, I have some past records showing I was in Miami that day. So clearly, yeah. I'm not going to say that the person was making it up and just writing down license but plate But you numbers. were making shit up. But I was not there, and I do not have the maker model of this car. And I drove all the way over there I, to fight this in no, person. No, you didn't. I did. I did. I dr- it was a town, like, uh, it was probably like an hour south of, like, Tampa or something. Oh, no, 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 no. It was in Central Florida. No. Yeah, I showed up. I showed up. Wow, and I'm like, I've, that's the most incredible thing I've ever I'm like, heard. I've I've never been here before. I've never been to this town before. With all due respect, it's a great town. They ended up dismissing it, but the cop was there. The cop was there for it, and he said you were there. And, and no, they asked the cop if he, the they asked the cop if he had any comments. He said no, I don't have any comments on this. No. 
and that was the end of that. So it was a wow. fucking liar. It got, well, I well, what, hap- what oh, happens sorry, when you get a ticket dismissed is that it expunges. So like the, the judge doesn't see prior tickets. So like mm. the judge doesn't know that I've had 14 tickets. Wow. I, I was going to ask you what you do about taxes, but I feel like the answer <laughs> He's is on my don't, plan. don't worry about that, Papa. He's on my plan. So don't I worry about that. Ask you. Yeah, my, about my wife's mom's a tax accountant. So Wow. You want to plug her? Maybe some people can go and uh, well, I don't know what we're doing. Mm. No, we have She's tax chilling, sponsors. Dude. Never mind. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's chilling, chilling, dude. She's chilling. Okay. That's a cool company name. <laughs> and my favorite finger is... Hey! Get your favorite finger is? Get my don't worry about that. He's being a... Yeah, being don't a worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. that one. Taxes, am I right? That's yeah, terrible, also. Love terrible way to end this episode. Of yeah. Great. Okay, goodbye. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.